You're listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, episode 146. Welcome to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, where we explore public health epidemiology careers and share tips and strategies to help you enter or transition into the field. And now your host, Dr. Charlotte Hughes-Huntley. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this episode. On this episode, my guest is Nicole Vick. Nicole is a seasoned and respected public health professional who has a strong relationship with a variety of areas of public health within the community-based organizations, within academia, and other stakeholders. Now, during her 15 years with the local health department, she has managed public health programs focused on workforce development, health equity, social determinants of health, and the impacts of institutionalized racism and other forms of oppression on health outcomes. She has also 12 years of experience as an adjunct professor. Nicole serves on two boards. She was most recently appointed to the Board of Public Health Advocates, an organization that challenges the social, political, and economic systems that perpetuate racial, economic, and health disparities. She is also board secretary at Esperanza Community Housing, an organization that works to achieve community development in South Los Angeles. Now, Ms. Vick earned both her bachelor's in public policy and management, as well as a master's of public health degrees from University of Southern California. Her memoir is titled Pushing Through, Finding the Light in Every Lesson, and it will be released summer of 2020. In fact, by the time this episode is published, her book should also be available. At the end of this episode, I'll tell you where you can find the link to her new book. I'll connect the interview with Nicole right after this very special announcement. Are you curious about public health consulting? Have you ever wondered what it's like? What do they do? How do consultants get started? Learn what it's like to be a public health consultant by attending the expo. The Expo is an online event where a select panel of public health consultants and entrepreneurs who are passionate about the needs they address and the populations they serve come together and share their businesses. Attending the Expo is very affordable and convenient because it's available online. Learn about public health consulting from public health consultants who do it every day. Visit drchuntley.com and click on the Expo tab from the main menu to register and attend the Expo. All right. Well, I'm really excited to introduce my guest on this episode, Miss Nicole Vick. Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. This is so great. I love public health and I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you today about my journey. Oh, I'm thrilled too. I, I love the way we kind of uh, use air quotes bumped into each other on LinkedIn not too long ago, and I've been I've been looking forward to this conversation too. So let's jump right in. Why don't you start out by just telling everyone a little bit about yourself? So I am a Southern California resident, a public health lover, professional advocate. I am a mother 
of a 23-year-old, and I'm an adjunct professor. I teach public health at a local university here in Southern California. I'm also um, a little bit of a community advocate. I'm very, very engaged and interested in what happens in the community that I was raised in, which I actually still live in today. So I think I'm one of those folks that really lives and breathes public health. Like I see it everywhere, and I'm so excited to always share what I know with people around me. I love it. I love it. I think that's important too, because when you have that understanding that public health is all around you and you see it everywhere, you really need to be the person, you know, sharing it with everyone and and just being able to enlighten them. So that's exciting. Definitely. When do you think you, thinking back, do you remember a point when you first became interested in public health as a career? Yeah, I actually remember it very clearly. It was about 20 years ago. Um, And I was, a teen mom. So when I was an undergrad at USC, um, I had a baby and (laughs) was working full time and trying to take care of her. And I realized that I needed to transition out of what I was doing. I was doing like food service, serving ice cream and making banana splits and stuff, you know, trying to make a little bit of money to take care of her as I was um, going through school. And so I applied to this job at the local health department. It was a student professional worker position. And to this day, I really feel like those positions are the best way to get um, introduced to public health and even to other disciplines. So I applied for this job and I was working at the um, sexually transmitted disease program. They hired me and I was answering the hotline and, you know, getting all kinds of crazy calls about, hey, I got these spots on my, you know, area and what should I do? And I was working alongside health educators. We were going out to the community, trying to tell people how to protect themselves and be safe. And I was like, what is, you know, what is health education and what is public health? And at that point, I really started to become really interested in that work. And there was one person in that office that was an epidemiologist at the time. And she said to me, you need to go back to school and get your master's degree in public health. You will double your salary. And I was like, but that's two more years. I don't want to do this. She said, two years will pass anyway. You might as well be doing it, doing something that will get you somewhere further. That's where my love for public health began. Wow, that's great. That's great. And how about your previous roles? Did you work in some of the different work that you did that you described sort of your, I would say volunteer, it may have been like your actual job going through school and so forth, but how did the roles after that sort of help prepare you and transition you into your career position? So I really think that every position that I have held, I've worked for primarily one organization for the last 15 years. I think that each position prepared me for the next. So, you know, the student professional worker position prompted me, you know, got me into the idea of going to graduate school, which I ended up doing while I was working as a health education assistant. Um, As I got out of that, you know, position or as I got out of grad school, I became a health educator. And so each role really kind of, you know, pushed me into the next one. The other thing that really was important were the people, the people that I met along the way, the women specifically that were like, it's okay. Make sure you go to class. We'll work around your class schedule as long as you're doing your job. 
And they allowed me to both learn in class and take what I learned in class and bring it to work. So there were some really valuable lessons learned about field work, working in communities, understanding what public health nurses do, understanding what epidemiologists do. And a lot of that came from the direct work experience that I had coupled with what I learned in school. So I think I really got the best of both worlds during that very important time in my life because I got to work and see the real life public health work and then also go to school and learn the concepts. Um, But each position along the way really set me up for where I am today. And I'm really excited about it because I feel like the role I have now as a program director really is like you've made it. And, and, you know, I'm nowhere near retirement age. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I got got some I got some years to go. Um, But this is really an important, you know, stepping stone career wise. And all those positions prior to that have set me up for where I am now. And I'm really, really grateful for that, Um, especially those relationships that I've cultivated over the years. They're very important. Oh, that sounds good because it sounds like you were able to, and this is what I, I try to help people kind of open their minds and their eyes to see when you are going through school, it's going to be busy, but it's almost like that epidemiologist that told you the time is going to pass by anyway, you might as well work on a degree. Well, if you're going to go through a degree program and the time is going to go by, you're going to be busy anyway. Why not try to apply what you're learning as you're learning? Because then you have a much richer journey. And it really, it's embedded in you as you're learning, you're applying it, you're gaining that experience and learning and growing. And it's just all moving and progressing at the same time. You're such a great example of that. Absolutely. And then those light bulbs start to go off. You know, I spent some time working for a Head Start program as well before I kind of went back into county service. And, and, you know, Head Start is a program for low-income families. um, And it's for children ages zero to five, you know, it's like a preschool, free preschool for them. And so as I'm taking those introductory public health courses in graduate school about things like health disparities and how poverty is is a predictor of health and all this, and I'm working and I'm seeing these families that are struggling, don't have access to dental care, the light bulbs were just like, just going off in my mind, wait a minute, this isn't right. Like, why do we see these disparities? Being poor should not be an indicator of a person's health status. But here I am seeing it at work every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really a wonderful opportunity to start to see those connections in real time. Yeah, yeah. Are there a lot of students or interns that come through your local health department where you're working now? You know, I would say as of now, no, due to what's going on with COVID. We have a lot going on. A Mm -hmm. lot of staff are working um, at home, so it's a little harder to manage that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, we've had a lot of interns come over the years. I remember a really great story several years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. There was a young lady. She was getting her master's degree online, and I guess she needed to fulfill some sort of requirement, an interview of a professional, something. So she came to the office, and I was talking to her about what I do and the work that I, you know, I'm working on and projects and things that are are important in our office. And then I said, hey, I have a meeting in the afternoon. You want to go? And she said, yeah. And I put her in the car with me. Probably shouldn't have. Probably with some insurance issue or whatever. But anyway, got in the car. <laughs> and we went to this community meeting. And um, 
I remember it specifically was around the focus was African-American, I think it was vaccination rates or something of that nature. So we went to this community meeting. They were looking for volunteers to help them with some sort of project. And she raised her hand and said, I'd, I'd like to help. And so she volunteered for a little while. And do you know they offered her a job? So by her coming with me, Mm -hmm. I said, you hang with me, I might be able to help you. She ended up working there for years, all because she took a, you know, a risk and got in the car with a straight. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, that's... It worked out. Yeah, that's, it takes an action. You know, it really, you can't just get the degree and then expect the job to come to you because you now have a degree in your hand. You have to take the action. And I think... Sometimes people decide in their minds it's going to be more difficult than it actually is because there's so many different ways you can take action and and gain a little bit more insight and experience. And sometimes it's a matter of helping you rule in something that you really like or rule out something that you don't like, meeting those people, networking. It happens very naturally, but I I, I love that kind of story because I hear that. I know what happens. You have to be involved. You have to take action. You have to talk to people. You have to be willing to, you know, to raise your hand and volunteer at first. And then sometimes that opens up a wonderful opportunity, just like in that story. Yeah, and it can be scary. It can be scary. I remember when I was in school, undergrad and grad, I was quiet. You wouldn't believe it now. But I was quiet back then, and I wish that I had known or I wish that someone had reached out to me and said, it's okay to email your professors. And so I'm that person, like you said, that tells students, please email me. Email me anything. I've had students email me on a Saturday and say, I am so scared. My friend is overdosing. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Email me so I can help you. Um, I have students that are in other disciplines, not even public health related, that want to come talk to me. Hey, I'll do whatever I can if I don't have an answer for you. I will steer you in the right direction. And I think anyone, any professional that is passionate about their work and is worth their grain and salt will be more than happy to talk to a student about anything. If if you ever come across as a student, someone that's being negative or not willing to respond, you don't want to talk to them anyway. But folks that love what they do, oh, they will talk your ear off, you know, (laughs) and, and try to get you somewhere, get you some resources, try to help pass you on to the next person um, and get you what you're needing, right? So I always tell folks, don't don't be afraid. Email us to death. If we don't respond right away, give us a week. Email us again. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my job is to help. Um, and at least that's what I feel like my job is to do is to help. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, that passion that you have definitely is really, it's apparent. And, and that's what I think students, um, young professionals need to see more of and experience more of passionate professionals who enjoy what they're doing that are willing to, to point you in the right direction. And, um, yeah, I think that's great. Keep doing that, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you about um, like your particular passion. Is there a population or a condition or a specific public health problem that you feel that you're most passionate about, you care most about? Yeah, there are a few. Um, I am a Black woman, so I do care deeply about issues that impact African-Americans Black folks, specifically Black women, things like African-American infant and maternal mortality are really, really um, important to me. As I mentioned, I'm a teen mother. My daughter was born eight weeks early. She could have been a statistic. Mm -hmm. We could be talking now about the child that didn't make it. She's 23 now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so those types of issues are very, very important to me. I'm also very, very engaged and invested in things like violence. How do we, how do we reduce community violence? And things like poverty, right? I just mentioned earlier that poverty is, is one of the greatest indicators of poor health. But how do we fix that? How do we lift people out of poverty? Other things that I talk a lot about, especially to my students, and I'm, you know, and looking at their final exams just a few days ago, it turned out to be very impactful for them. Social determinants of health, health equity, institutional racism, how those things impact people's health. You know, helping people understand it. It's not just about individual behavior, whether you choose to smoke or not, or what you choose to eat or not. But there's these other factors that are so much more um, impactful on a person's life that, unfortunately, often they don't even have a chance to do anything about. So um, those are the things that I spend a lot of time thinking about, a lot of time talking about, and really worrying about, um, especially now. We're starting to see um, a shift in our society and in the things that are important or things that people are talking about. And I think it's really time to really highlight and uplift those concepts, especially from a public health framework. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. And uh, I love to hear the passion in your voice when you talk about, as you go through these different topics, I can hear where your heart is and not just serving and uplifting students. I hear it there, but I hear it and you talk about you know, these issues, especially being a black woman as well. I am always paying attention to what's happening in the black community, especially with women's health. Um, I also had my youngest daughter was born premature and I, I can definitely yeah. relate to, you know, your, your sensitivity on that issue. And I'm always really in tune with my colleagues who are very focused on those topics, you know, social determinants of health. And not that we aren't all, but some people are very focused right there. And I like to support that and be able to collaborate and, and find ways to keep lifting and encouraging because there's so much work that needs to be done. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I um yeah, I love that. And let me also shift a little bit because I know that you have a I won't say a business, but you have a book. So I want to move into, I want to know about your book, but I want to kind of start with maybe as you describe the book, you know, who it's for, maybe kind of describe the process there with your book writing. Sure, sure. So the book is called Pushing Through, Finding the Light in Every Lesson. And let me tell you, just getting that title out took a long time. I don't know why I can't. <laughs> titles are hard. Like I can write the book. The book was written. I'm like, I don't know what to call this thing. Um, and it took a moment, but the the title really comes from, there's this, this saying that I, I know a lot of black folks say, we'll say something like push through or come through. And it just really is about, you know, giving people that their props. Oh, you pushed through on that. You did that. And so pushing through, how do we get out of the issues that we're facing either personally or in society? How do we push through and really um, achieve and get to our true purpose? So the book is about my life and um, how I came into a life of public health advocacy, social justice, and community work. Um, So that's sort of the academic cerebral side of the book. 
um, where I think it would actually really be, an, I'm trying to figure out how can I get this to professors that teach sociology or public health, because I think it would be a really good book for students to examine some of those protective factors and some of those resiliency issues and things that keep us healthy, as well as some of those things that really impact our health. And then the other side of the book is really how my life, how I've gotten through the peaks and the valleys and was able to find those little points of life and all of those lessons that really kind of jumped out at me. That teen pregnancy, that was a big lesson. Like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) oh. (laughs) So, So the book is really for women, and I would say specifically black women that, you know, are at any particular stage in their life, maybe they're in grad school and need a little bit of encouragement. Maybe they're trying to deal with some issues with their relationships um, with men or at work um, with their other friends. Um, It could, again, be for students who are trying to understand how do public health concepts play out in a person's life in real time. I think it really has a little bit of something for everyone. Hmm. I'm really looking forward to this too, because I'm intrigued. When is it? Because at the time we're recording, it has not been released. But by the time this episode airs and everyone's listening, it will be right. I think it publishes the day before this podcast airs. So we're going to cover these details at the end. I'll tell you exactly how you can get this book. But one more time, the name of it again. Pushing Through, Finding the Light in Every Lesson. Okay, great. I'm going to come back at the end of the episode. I'll give you all details about how you can find that book. Oh, very excited (laughs) about that. Um, Okay, so I'm enjoying this conversation. And I really, I always ask my guests to share some specific advice or tips for my audience. And I want you to think about, think about them in sort of two different groups. I do have a lot of students, current students who are working on their degree in public health. And then I have a group of recent graduates, a pretty large group of recent graduates who have already completed the degree, but are just having trouble getting into the field of public health. So I'd like to start first with the current students, because there are a lot of things that they can do because they're still active and involved and have access to all these, you know, resources as students. So what advice, what career advice do you have for current students in public health programs? I think one of the most important things, again, is to immerse yourself in public health concepts outside of what's happening in the classroom. Um, LinkedIn, I was able to look and find a lot of great stuff. I did a Google search on public health podcast. Your podcast was number two. There were 14 <laughs> others, right? Um, see what people are talking about. I mean, well, right now we know what everybody's talking about, right? Is COVID-19, but there's these little pockets of things that are important in COVID-19. There's a, there's a race equity issue there. There's some health disparity stuff that is going on. What are people talking about in regards to those things? Um, I think the other thing is, again, something I said earlier, talk to your professors. Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited. I'm learning these things. What can you help me with? Or maybe not even say, what can you help me with? But have a question or have, you know, some thought about a conversation you want to have with, with your professors. Reach back out to guest lecturers, people that came in and, and spoke. I think I've done like career day type things at certain schools. Talk to those people. They're in your syllabus. Go back through there. Who who was that person that talked about this thing that was really cool? Reach out to them. They may have some information, some guidance, 
Don't be afraid. Don't worry that you're bothering them. We're all in front of our computers. If you send an email, we see your emails. And, and if again, if that person is really passionate, they will respond um, and offer any type of tidbit of information. So I think it's just really important to kind of stay on top of what's happening and um, look for those opportunities to get more information from people that are doing the work. And just, you know, stay engaged. If you're not, if you haven't done your chess exam, your um, MCHES or your chess exam, you may want to consider signing up for that. Look at APHA and some of the other organizations, SOFI. I forgot what that acronym stands for, but uh, they may be having um, webinars, seminars, things where you can learn um, new skills and learn more information about any and everything. Right. That's great. So students can kind of be, I guess, especially if they're toward the end, can start preparing for CHES. And what about graduates that have finished, completed their degree? It's been a little while. What sorts of things could they be doing? I love your your tip about the follow-up because that is, um, that's valuable right there. And so often I think people overlook that as a real possibility because sometimes a speaker can be there and maybe on the day that they're present, they're bombarded with all this activity and then a week or so will pass by and that uh, that dies down a bit and it's perfect to reach out and follow up with them. So I, I love that that bit of a tip there. Yeah, it's very important to follow up for sure. Because again, I may not have something for you at that moment when you reach out, you know, right now their budgets are being kind of pulled back because of the COVID response is taking a lot of money and there's not a lot of money coming in. So a lot of people aren't hiring right now. But if you reach out, you know, and, and you're on the forefront of my mind when something opens up, oh, yeah, I remember Joe emailed me two weeks ago or a month ago and it was asking about this thing. Let me send this to him because I remember he reached out. Right. Yeah. You know, um, but if you don't reach out, I can't. Who am I? I don't have anyone to send this to. And I do this all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I see stuff and I'm like, oh, shoot. I remember such and such emailed about an internship. And it, this happened recently, too. Someone said to me, I'm starting a he's a position. He's like, I'm starting this this uh, YouTube channel. I'm trying to get, you know, health information to people in a relatable way. And I need a health educator or, or someone in graduate school to help me tailor my messaging. Mm. And I was like, well, I don't know who to tell you. I'm not sure. I emailed all my professors that I work with and they were like, yeah, we might be able to help you out. A student emailed and said, Hey, I'm looking for something. Can you help me? I said, here, I just got an email from a physician here. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it was, Absolutely. it was done. Yeah. Follow up. So that's that's great. That's some good stuff for students and graduates. Is there anything else that is specific to graduates that you could think of? I think along the same lines for undergrads or, or students that are still in school, um, again, finding ways to amp up your skill set, to amp up your knowledge base is always important. I know that, for example, in the work that I do, I do a lot of work with plain language of print material creation, you know, if that's something that you're not adept at or good at, you might want to learn how to do that. So there may be some things that you realize that you have gaps in. You might want to do an assessment of that and figure out how can I learn that 
you know, for free, you know, don't have to pay for a course um, so that you have an added skill set. I think that also is something to do now. Now is the time to think. And I tell my even my staff now that I'm working with, I said, now is the time to think about those things that you haven't done all year that you know you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And how can I fill that gap? Right. So I think this is the time to do that. That's great. I appreciate that. I know our listeners are very appreciative of that as well. Great advice. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for everything. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time, coming on the podcast, sharing your journey into public health and all this amazing work that you're doing and this exciting new book that you have coming out. Or like I said, at the time that this podcast is released, it's already out. Um, Wishing you much success on all of that. Thank you so much. And yeah, um, feel free to reach out on LinkedIn or however I'm open to helping in any way that I can. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to wrap up and thank you, Nicole. And you guys hang on just a moment. I'm going to tell you exactly how to connect with her and also how to get a copy of her new book. So thank you again, Nicole, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I really hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I'd like to thank Nicole for joining me on this episode and sharing her journey into public health, as well as details about her new book, which I really hope you will check out, and also sharing such great career tips and advice for everyone. If you're interested in grabbing a copy of her book, you can find the links to that in the show notes page. You can also find links to connect with her on the show notes page for this episode, which is episode 146. So just go directly to drchuntley.com and then click on the podcast tab from the main menu and navigate to episode 146. You can also click on the expo tab from the main menu to get details and enroll in the expo. All right, everyone. Until next time, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast at drchuntley.com.